Welcome to Freedom for Anyone Ministry Podcast. Here at FAM, we believe that no matter who you are, where you come from, or what you've done, freedom is waiting on you through the work of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by this week's message. Jesus expounds upon his behavior, and as a result of his behavior, this is where we get the term prodigal, the prodigal son. You might see in some Bibles they will actually list that word there. In the original text, you don't see the word prodigal. Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 1. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. My God. So Jesus told them a parable or story. Verse 4. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go after to search for the one until he finds it? Now somebody, I'm going to stop with this. Somebody says, wouldn't it be so foolish to leave 99 sheep to go find one? Somebody said, why, why would you leave 99 because this is the way our minds work. Why would you leave 99? But, but the Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways, thank God. Uh, because he will go look for the one. But why would you leave the 99 to go get the one? It's because Jesus knows that the 99 are together and are saved. Yes, yes. But the one is out there by him or herself. And they are exposed to the attack of the enemy. If you need a reason why we come to the house of God, this particular parable will give you some indication as to why we do it. You don't always need to be by yourself off the side. Yes, you can be saved at home. Totally believe that. There's something about being with uh, the rest of the group, other believers. Amen. So Jesus says, I'm on the, 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 excuse me, the shepherd says, Jesus, he says, I can leave the 99 because they are together. I'm going to go make sure that the one doesn't get picked off. All right? So you might be thinking that I'm just... Kind of filling you in if you have that question. If a man has a hundred, won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that he lost until he finds it? Verse 5. And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it on his shoulders. When Jesus finds the sheep in this particular parable, the shepherd, the shepherd does not berate the sheep. Pastors, uh, when somebody walks away, we don't berate them. That's what loving kindness have I drawn them. That's what God said. He didn't berate the sheep. Why did you leave? What was wrong with you? And he doesn't tell the sheep, no, you come on, you follow me. What does the shepherd do? A loving shepherd will pick the sheep up and he will carry the sheep back to the sheepfold. Jesus is showing a picture of himself here. And he's saying, look, if you will just submit to me, I can get you back to the sheepfold. You don't have to do this on your own. In other words, salvation cannot be uh, worked for. You can't do it alone. You need the shepherd to pick you up, and you, you got to ride on the salvation or the holiness or the, the sanctification of the shepherd. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just going to teach today. I'm going to do my best to teach because I already lost half of my voice. I'm like, I'm 50%. Verse 6, when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Let's continue to read. Verse 8. 
Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins. That's significant. I'll explain why in a minute. And loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, call her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. Verse 10. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when one sinner repents. Let me give you the significance of this ten coins. The ten coins is not just monetary. The significance of the ten coins here is not monetary. It was significant like a wedding ring. In that time, in that culture, the Jewish women would receive ten coins at their wedding. So it would be tantamount to a woman losing her wedding ring. So when the woman loses the one coin, it's significant. That's the reason she looks for it. She looks for it because it's significant to her uh, in terms of like her emotions. It's not just money. So we reduce it to money, but that's not what's going on here. This is significant of her wedding day. Sisters, if you got married and you got a big ring on, or you, a lot of y'all do, I see a lot of your husbands didn't outdid me. But uh, that's all right, though. I'm pastor here anyway. Uh, what if you were to lose that rock? Well, how would you look for it? How would you look for it? You, I mean, you talking about a search party. Long as it took us to find Osama, sister lose a rock, she going to find it in half that time. You told her that her ring was where Osama was, the United States government would have just put her out there and he'd have been found the same day. It's significant for that reason. Now, let's go to verse 11. You ask yourself, Pastor, why did we read uh, those first two parables? Why are we reading that? Because, because the prodigal story, the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son, is not a standalone parable. Did you know that? The prodigal son is not a standalone parable. It is a compilation. It is an amalgam of three separate uh, parables. Y'all with me? Or y'all looking at the baby walking in the room? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a part. It's one part of three parables. The reason why Jesus says the first parable, and if you pay attention, look at the numbers. The first parable, it was 100. The ratio was 1 and 99. The second parable, the ratio was 10%, 1 and 10. The next parable, you're going to see it's 1 to 1. In each one of these parables, Jesus is condensing it down to show you that the relationship between he and you is not about a group of people, but it's about you and him. It's intimate. So he uses three separate parables, even though we separate them out. He uses three separate parables to help bring home a point. Now, in the first two parables, Jesus talks about the rejoicing that happens when something is found. The coin is found. They rejoice. The sheep is found. They rejoice. But in the third parable, we're going to see the father or shepherd does not go look for his son. He doesn't go looking. Now, in the first two parables, the shepherd goes looks. The wife goes to look. And in the third parable, the father doesn't go look. The father stays home. Why is that? It's because the sheep uh, has no will. The coin has no free will. But the son does. In other words, God says, hey, 
I want you home. I want you back with me. But you're going to have to choose to come to me. All right? So let's go into this third parable. I'm moving very quick. I don't know how long it's going to last today. So if you were trying to get home fast, you, you might have your wish granted. Anyway, verse 11. It says, to illustrate his point further, which is, as I said, this is a part of three parables. Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The youngest son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. And his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Verse 13. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there wasted all his money with wild living. Look at the timing. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. I want to tell you, God is not, uh, God doesn't allow things to happen uh, for no reason. It's, it's just so peculiar that the young prodigal son's money ran out at the same time there was a famine. Think that's coincidence? No, no. No, that's not coincidence. And some of you may be going through some stuff, and you say, man, what, why is this happening? Sometimes God will let the famine come when you get broke. Oh, man. It says, verse 15, he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him to the field to feed pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs, looked good to him. And no one gave to him anything. Now, I want you to see this, y'all. Watch this. The Bible says that the young man went partying. He had money. He spent that money with righteous living. That means folks was around. How many of you know the folks are happy to help you spend your money? Income tax time come, folks show up. <laughs> happy to help you spend your money. But the Bible says now he's in need and no man gave to him. Where they all go? Where all the people he was partying with go? Where they disappear to? I'm telling you, young folks, be careful who you hook up with. They will help you spend your money, and that's it. They won't help you dig yourself out of a hole. They won't help you get yourself out of jail. They'll help you get into jail. They'll help you get into trouble. But they, they won't be nowhere to be found when you're trying to get out. Now, I want you to understand the, the significance of him taking on a job. The significance of him taking on a job is that he came from a place where he did not have to work. Right. He came from a place of prominence. He came from a place of comfort. And now, and now, he went to a distant place. This is what we do with God. Prodigal, prodigal, we often are the prodigal sons and daughters. He goes to a faraway land and people do that. They want to get as far away from God as possible. Because they know they're wrong, right? When you know you ain't right, when you know you're doing wrong, you don't want to be close to the house of God. You don't want to be close to the people of God. You want to be as far away from them as possible. I've seen people do it. You see them at Walmart, 2.30 in the morning, know they just got out the club. They see me, I see them. We make eye contact. They hit the first aisle they can. Boom. I don't want to be anywhere around you. You know the reason why? It's because proximity, proximity will cause you to feel condemned. 
It'll cause you to feel condemnation. That was the word I was trying to say. Condemnation. So, so what we do is we separate ourselves as far as we can because we don't want to feel condemned for our behavior. Prodigal. Wasteful. Foolish. And the Bible says that after he gets a job working for a Gentile, he's a Jew, came from wealth, now he's working for a Gentile, which is already pretty bad. But now, the Bible says he got so hungry that he was willing to eat not the pigs themselves, but what the pigs were eating. Now, understand in this culture, the Jews felt that pigs were disgusting creatures. In their religion, in their religion, they were taught not to even touch them. Now, how many of us, how many of us had religion that has told us something was disgusting? Right? Something is, in our religion, we've been taught our whole life, that's disgusting. That's seen as disgusting. Now, what happens when you get so far away from God that you're willing to do what you knew to be disgusting? Just picture it in your mind. What is it that you've been told your whole life, your particular religion told you was disgusting? Filthy. Abominable. Grotesque. And now... You're doing that thing. That's what happens when you separate from the Father. When you and I separate from the Father, what happens is eventually we lose everything that he gave us. What he gave us gets lost. It gets expended. It gets used. And then when we don't have no help out there, because ain't no help out there, we, we try to find ways to take care of ourselves out there. And then you find that you're unable to take care of yourself out there the right way. So then you start to do things that you knew your whole life was wrong. How do women end up as prostitutes? Let's just deal with it. How do they end up out there on the street? Nobody wakes up one morning and says, you know, I want to go sell myself to some random person. Nobody wakes up that morning. Did you know that the average age of a young prostitute is between 13 and 16 years old when they start? Yeah. 13 and 16. Yeah. No 13-year-old girl woke up and said, you know, I just want to go to wherever and get in some stranger's car. But what happens is, y'all, sometimes when we get away from God, we have to figure out how to survive in this cold world that we live in. And sometimes that means doing things that we consider disgusting. You don't think you'll ever do it? Keep walking away from the Father. You don't think you'll ever get that low? Keep walking away from the Father. Keep on your trajectory away from the Father. That'll never be me. Keep your trajectory away from the Father. Keep with your, your riotous living. Keep on doing the things that you know the Father's not pleased with. And you're going to find yourself doing things that you thought were disgusting just to survive. Hmm? The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Verse 17. When he finally came to, him, to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. 
I will go to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against you and him. I am no more worthy to be called your son. Please take me as one of your hired servants. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, he starts his, his speech that he planned. Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Get the ring for his finger and his sandals and put them on his feet. Notice he came back home with no shoes on. He came back home with nothing. Now his father got to his father got to put the robe on him. Father got to put the ring on him. Father got to put shoes on his feet. That's the reason why I told you, hasn't the Lord been good to you? Hasn't the Lord been good to you? Do you have shoes on your feet this morning? Has the Lord been good? You may not like those shoes. They may not be what you want them to be, but thank you, Lord. Got shoes on my feet. Mm -hmm. Verse 22. Quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Get the ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Verse 23. Kill the fatted calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. Verse 24. For this son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but he's now found. So the party began. Verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field working. And he returned home. He heard the music and dancing in the house. Verse 26. And he asked one of the servants, what's going on? Verse 27. Your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed the fatty calf. We are celebrating because of his return. Verse 28. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once excuse me, and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat to, for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back, after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. Verse 31, his father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. That's the story of the prodigal son. Now let's look. When you read this story, when you read this story, a lot of times, and I'm going to try to be quick, a lot of times we only focus on the son. Right? It's the prodigal son story. Right? It's the story of the parable of the prodigal son. We only look at one character. We only look at one character. But there are actually three characters in this story. That's what we're going to look at over the next three weeks. Today, I want to just bring out a little bit about the son. Next week, next week we're going to talk about the father. And the following week, we're going to talk about the older brother. So let's look at some of the profile of this young son. The young son says to the father, he says, hey, give me the portion that belongs to me. Why is this significant? It's not significant because he's asking for it. It's significant because the only time you were supposed to get your inheritance is when your father died. Right, right. So what the young son is saying is, is 
I don't really care whether you are alive or dead. I want my stuff. The relationship don't matter to him. That's what's significant about it. Mm. He's telling the father, give me my stuff because I'm ready to do life my way. Have you ever been there? That's the way we are with God sometimes. Even those of us in the house of God, when we waited for God for a certain period and God hasn't moved and we think he ought to we do something that we want him to do, he hadn't done it, we say, give it to me. I will take it in my own hands because I know what to do, God. Father, give it to me. You don't know what to do with this. You take it too long. You, 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 you ain't died yet. You know, that's basically what he says. Here's another thing that the young son is saying. God, uh, Father, I want your stuff, not you. I want your stuff, Father, not you. That's a lot of people in church today. They come to church because they want the power of God. They, they want the blessing of God. They want the favor of God. But, but this is the thing. They don't want God. They want his stuff but they don't want him. It don't work like that. You can't ask this particular father for his stuff and not want him. See, because all his stuff is tied to him. And that's the reason why the young son, as he went away from the father, he began to be broke. See, because the father has enough wealth to sustain him and his children. But when you take from the Father the things that he gives to you and you use them for your own personal gain, you will run out because you ain't got enough. You ever see people, oh, money, oh, money. People been rich for years and years and years, had a nice life for years and years and years. They pass away, and two years later, the whole family broke. It's because you don't yet have the wisdom to take what I have for you. The father hadn't given to the young son because the son was not ready to take what the father had. The reason that God won't give you what you're asking for sometimes is because you are not ready. Yes, that's right. You are not ready. Huh? I hope, I hope this is making sense. I hope you're getting it. I know I'm not you know, preaching like last Sunday with the organ and everything, but I hope you understand where I'm coming from. The reason why God is saying no, you're not ready. Beg God, give me my stuff, give me my stuff, give me my stuff. And God said, if I give you your stuff, you're going to kill yourself with it. You're going to kill yourself with it. I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. And God says, no, you'll kill yourself with it. You'll destroy yourself with it. Huh? You'll ruin your reputation if I give it to you. If I give it to you now, you're going to walk away from me. This is, the, this is the profile of the son. Huh? I, I don't care about you, father. Watch this, y'all. I don't even care about my brother. I want my stuff. Forget you, father, and forget the brother. I want you to see the significance of this. What is the great commandment? Love God. And love your neighbor. The young prodigal son here goes contrary to both of those. He said, forget you father and forget my brother. 
That's us. That's us. When, when, when we, we are in the spirit of the prodigal son, we don't care about nobody but ourselves. We don't care about nobody. We don't care about God. God, I don't want nothing to do with you. I want your stuff. And I don't care how what I do impacts my brother or my sister. A lot of people think, oh, I, I don't have to come. Even I keep using this because it's just so easy to go to. I don't have to come to the building. Not understanding that you don't just come here to get. You come here to give as well. Do you not know that somebody is encouraged by your presence? Did you know that? Somebody sees you and says, you know what? I think I can fight on. I saw uh, me and my wife were on Facebook one day, and they said, if Temple Mall can hang on, so can you. <laughs> now, anybody been to the mall lately? It horrible. You know good and well that thing ain't supposed to be closed a long time ago. <laughs> I ain't never seen so many random, non uh, 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 Communal stores in my life, just random stuff. Smoke Shack and Gummy Bear Babies and pictures. And so somebody said, if Temple Mall still holding on, so can you. Uh, you got all kinds of stuff. But we don't care. We don't care about nobody. So, so I'm going to just sit at home. Because I, I, I don't have to go there to be saved. I, I, me. I'm not talking about anybody in particular. So if you don't see somebody, don't be saying, yeah, he's preaching on you. I am not. <laughs> All right? But the point is, is that when you walk away from the Father, there's no way you're going to love your brother. There's no way you're going to love your brother. So this is the profile of the son. I want you to pay attention. Pay attention. Don't get bored on me. I want you to think about yourself. Think about yourself. Think about the ways in which you are the prodigal son. Are you the prodigal son that wants the stuff and not the father? Are you the prodigal son that don't care about the father and therefore the brother? Are you the prodigal son that is willing to waste what your father has given to you? This is another part of the son's profile. What the father gave him, he would not use the way the father wanted him to use it. I don't care if you have an anointing to prophesy. If you ain't prophesying the way the father intended, you're still prodigal. Right, right. If you ain't preaching the way the father intended for you to preach or pastor, you're still prodigal. You're misappropriating. You're misusing the father's gifts. Yes. You didn't work for this. The father had to come up with this stuff. And you're going to go and waste what I worked for. I want you to know that when you don't come to the house of God and worship, you are wasting the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why it's so important to me. You are spitting on the sacrifice of God's only begotten son. When you say, look, my problems are so big, I can't even lift my hand. Do you understand what the Lord did for you? Do you understand the sacrifice he made for you? Do you understand the pain that he endured as a father for his son? For you to walk in here and be like, ah, oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, Lord. You understand why God gets angry then? Why he wants glory? You give up your baby for the good of somebody else. You're going to want some glory too. You don't want somebody to acknowledge it and say, hey, man, appreciate your sacrifice. When I was working the phones, when I first got into 
Oh God, the government. Old Gub Unk. When I first started working for Unk, some uh, ladies would call in, sisters would call in, women would call in, and uh, their husbands, husbands, sons, had gone to war. Some of them had not come back. And I would tell the, the wife, I would say, now typically they taught us, they said, when you're speaking to a veteran, you tell the veteran always, thank you for your service. But me, the way I thought about it, when I would talk to the wife, I would say, ma'am, thank you for your service. And the wife would say, what do you mean? I say, because you sacrificed your husband. Every time you, he was at war, you were home alone. You had to take care of those kids. You had to make sure the grass was cut. You had to make sure food was on the table. So thank you for your service. Thank you for your service as well, ma'am. I appreciate your sacrifice. Hmm? So we tell God when we come into the house of God, well, you know, it's just like, ah, whatever, whatever. Or even when we give. When we give and we, can, we only want to give according to what we've calculated in our budget. Jesus, your sacrifice is only worth what I calculated in my budget. I'm sorry. I know I'm hitting some folks this morning. I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm hitting me too. Don't worry. It's just like, it's like racquetball when you preach. You know, you, you sling it at the wall, but that thing come back <laughs> a million miles an hour. This is, this is the, 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 the I want, I'm just kind of giving you the framework of prodigal, the son. We're going to talk about the father and the brother later. Hmm. Now, he has a moment of reflection. He has a moment of reflection. I'm almost done. I'm about to stop because I don't want to get too far into next week's. So you like, if, you, if you like sermon series, I hope this did it for you. This is me. This is the best I can do. Anyway, look at the, 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 the Bible says that the young man came to himself. He came to himself. He remembered what his father had. He remembered that he had a home he could go back to. Now watch this, watch this. The reason he came to himself was because he got tired of eating what the pigs ate. Now a lot of times we praise him for coming to himself. But it seems to me on some level that the only reason why he started thinking about home was because he was hungry. Some people, y'all, some people uh, are going to come to the house of God with wrong motives, selfish motives, but God can still use that to deliver them. That's why I take everybody. I know some people come here just to see stuff. I know some people come here just to see who they can, you know, they, they, they're lonely, quiet as we kept. You know, they're lonely and they're trying to see, you know, what, what our inventory is. <laughs> you know, they're, checking the, they're checking the shelves, as it were. Well, you know, they got, you know, three of this kind and two of that kind. That's the beautiful thing about family. We got everything. We got all of them. Yeah. So our motives sometimes... Our motives sometimes are wrong, but the love of the Father, the love of the Father will still take us in and help us. Here is where uh, you have to get to. You want to be received back by the Father. 
You got to be willing to be a servant. He says, I don't have to have my place anymore, my position. I don't have to have position anymore. I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to come back to my home, humble myself, and serve others. And that's when he came to himself and went home. I have a lot more I want to get into this morning. But I'm going to keep it light because I want to go into next week. And I want to transition to the following. I want you to really think to yourself about how you fit as the prodigal son. How do you fit? You say, well, pastor, I show up every week. So what? So what? Do you show up every week and, and just give God whatever? You're still prodigal. Keith, do you show up every week and misuse God's gifts? You're still prodigal. Still wasteful. Still foolish. Where do you fit in this story? Or do you care? You say, I love the Lord, I love the Lord, but you don't care nothing about your brother? Huh? You're still prodigal. I don't care how much tongues you speak in. You don't care about your brother, you're still prodigal. Hmm? Now, I want you to understand, this, these two brothers, these two brothers were not alike. Not alike. So you don't have to be like your brother to love him. You just gotta love him. All right. Next week we're gonna talk about the father. Stand to your feet with me, y'all. I hate doing. I hate doing like series. It's not my natural bent. I have a hard time transitioning, <laughs> segueing from. I have a lot more. Like, if you see my notes, look at this. Check this out, y'all. I got notes on notes on notes. Check this out. I got notes. I, I really would like to go into this a whole lot deeper, but that's why we got Wednesday night. That's why we got Wednesday night. So, if you want a little bit more of what we got, come on Wednesday. Amen. And we'll go a little more at 6 p.m. We'll get into it a little bit deeper. Julia, I'm working on that stream. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm working on that. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for the Father to give what is rightfully ours at the wrong time. That goes, for, that goes for a spouse. That goes for a, a job. That goes for anything. It can be yours. But it may not be yours right now. And it's dangerous to give something that belongs to you at the wrong time. I can have a son, a, a car for my son. But if I put that baby in the car, start the engine, press the gas... It's his, but it's not time. The prodigal son. Hey, baby, what's up? You want to come preach too? What's up, baby? Come on. <laughs> I'm taking the long way. On purpose. I love our church.
Listen, y'all. Listen. Don't be prodigal. Don't, don't be wasteful. Don't be, don't be, uh, I don't want to get to next week. Don't be foolish, okay? Be grateful for your father. Love your brother. Wait on your stuff. It's yours, but wait on it. Huh? Don't spit on the sacrifice of Jesus. Don't treat it as nothing. I'm not talking about an outward expression all the time either. Some folks dance and lift and sing and cry and they ain't got a, they ain't got nothing real on the inside. I mean, I, I hate to be, I'm not trying to be, you know, it's just the truth. So I ran through all those parables. Like I said, I wanted you to see the ratio, the, the one in 100, the one in 10. Now we're talking one-to-one. Jesus broke that thing down on purpose. They're together on purpose. When you see Jesus do, uh, speak parables, a lot of times they will be connected with another parable. It's like that on purpose. It's not to stand alone always. So for context, when you read, read the whole thing and try to see what Jesus is talking about. Anybody interested in what, what, what the Father's role is next week? Anybody interested? And then we're going to talk about that eldest brother. We're going to talk about the eldest brother. It's amazing how you can be right and still be wrong at the same time. Something, ain't it? And there's something else how the Father will love the one that left and love the one that stayed. Even though they both wrong. That's the, that's the, okay, I'm sorry. Next week, that's the father. Next week, next week, next week. Is there anybody here that wants to be saved? You don't know the Lord as Savior, as Lord. I will be doing this going forward every week because that's what church is about, salvation. I've been sleeping on my job, but no more. Is there anybody that wants to be saved this morning? Is there anybody that wants to rededicate their lives to Jesus? You were saved, you, you just walked away. Anybody? Now ain't the time to be shot. Okay. Okay. Is there anybody, I'm going to do this too, is there anybody that is not a member here that wants to be a member of this church? Anybody? Raise your hand if you want to. You already know. Anybody? Who is she? Miss V? Miss V? All right, Miss V. Thank God. Amen. I'll get with you after service, Miss V. Every Sunday, Miss V called me, hey, I'm ready to go to church. All right, Brother Tony on his way. Thank God for Miss V. Amen. Thank God for putting your hands together for Miss V. So, we're so grateful to have you. So glad to have you. Amen? I'm going to pray and I'm going to let you all go, okay? If you need special prayer for any reason, let me know and I'll stay and pray with you. Don't have any announcements? Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person here. Lord, I pray that you would help me to do an even better job of teaching your word. I believe I've said everything that you wanted me to say, but Lord, give me the ability to communicate better 
so that your people would be most edified, most built up, get to know you better. As they sung, I want to know you better. We want to know you better. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, but they were too afraid to come, that you would work on their heart, that you would deliver them of that fear, maybe that pride. And for every one of us that falls into the category of the prodigal son or daughter, I pray that you would help us come to ourselves and to make our way home.